Hey guys, it's Kiki and I am here to review season 5 episode 3 of Ohm's Ready to Love. This one is called All Roads Lead to Love. Before I start my review, I just want to let you guys know if you're listening through your Spotify app, I can ask a weekly question to all of my Spotify listeners so you guys can reply. If you guys answer the question, I will be more than happy to read the answers on air on the next episode okay so spotify listeners only i don't know if it's going to be available to apple listeners but keep an eye out for my question for this episode now let's get to the review Okie dokie, welcome back. I don't have any church announcements, so we're just going to jump into this episode. The episode starts with the singles all meeting for an happy hour that is thrown by Tommy. Tasia is the first woman to join uh, the group of men. A lot of people are going to trickle in later. She came ready, um, still feeling a type of way about being in the bottom two the night before, but she looks nice. She got on this pink suit. She said she got on her Fabo shade. She, she's ready to slay and get to the bottom of why she was in the bottom two. Tasia says, let it go. So she's sitting with Carrington, Tyrone, Dante, Corny Corey, and she's just like, uh, you know, what happened last night? Why did anybody want to address anything? What was going on? And the guys are just like, mm, no, not really. And Corey lets her know, you know, he couldn't really get a fair chance with her because when he sat down to talk to her that's when all the other women came and got on him for scheduling all these other dates so to see you sis you you just gonna have to let it go let it go somebody has to be in the bottom two in the first episode it just happened to be you at least you're not sitting at home on the couch like liva aisha walks in i think aisha kind of upstage to see you because she had on like this nice i think she had on some hot pink pants and then a nice little top showing off her midriff and her tattoos i was like aisha you you did it sis you look good like all the men kind of turned and looked at her and i kind of noticed that to see it looked a little bothered by it i don't know what the deal was but i guess she was annoyed that no one gave her like a straight up answer Tommy comes in and welcomes the singles. He asks, how are the Chocolate City singles surviving? He says that now they have nine men, nine women, and that the ladies will get to choose at the end of this week. So the men, you guys got to open up. You got to be raw and, um, you know, have some deep conversations. Tommy says that DC is famous for their happy hours. I've never heard of that. I, I would like I would like to see it. I'd like to see it. So we see the singles mix and mingle with one another. We get to Tyrone. Um, He's definitely worried because it's the men's week to go home and he feels like he did not get to speak to enough people at the first mixer. But he he makes an effort to mingle with uh, Carrie, Zadia, Aisha. Tyrone was really impressing me in this first act. I was like, he's so kind of... He says he's a self-proclaimed nerd and, you know, he has the military background, but... He was really making an effort to have great conversations. He says that he can be socially awkward, but he is going to try and put forth an effort. One point for Tyrone. You better go. I'm not going to try and sing. Next, we see Carrington and Carrie. Carrie says that from her conversations with Carrington that he feels very surface level and that he is giving her um, too many interview questions and that is a turnoff. I get what Carrie is saying, but this is like what only the second time you guys are meeting. It's like speed dating in a way. This journey, this process, this experiment, 
Yes, the interview style of questions is going to get old after you've talked to like the 8th out of 10th guy, but this is the style of it. So she's saying that it's a turn off for her. I'm just like, Carrie, give somebody a chance. Who are you? I don't really know who I could see Carrie gelling with, but we'll see. Next, we get a scene with Camille. She asks, this is a quick scene. She asks Walter, she's like, I don't know if I should ask you this, but what's your credit score? Camille! No, do not ask somebody what their credit score is. Uh, sis, I, I I just don't know what to say about Camille. We see Cornelius and Courtney. They're talking about love languages. <laughs> the same way Carrie is over the interview questions that people ask, I'm over the love language questions. Like, I'm tired of talking about love languages. Can we move on? Ooh, excuse me. Cornelia says that um, gifts is his love language, and Courtney says that touches her. She's she rubbing on Cornelius's leg, and she's very sexual. I'm just like Courtney, you, baby. I know you hot and ready, little Caesar's pizza, but I'm gonna need you to. Mm, I'm gonna need you to, and I say that as a huge hypocrite because I'm very guilty of when me and my guy friend go out. If you saw me and my guy friend out, you guys would think we're dating, which is probably why people don't approach us or look at us like we're a couple because we be all up in each other's grills. <laughs> and I am a touch person, so I definitely, and I went out last night, I definitely rubbed his leg like when we were talking and being funny with each other. But I don't think he takes it seriously. I, I'm just that type of person, but I'm not trying to fuck him. That's just that's just how I communicate I'm a leg rubber but Courtney I'm telling you from one leg rubber to another you're actually rubbing the leg of somebody you're interested in pull back a little bit sis pull back I still appreciate you being very open and coming into this as the youngest and being very vibrant but Cornelia said he's not trying to you know bust anything or have sex I'm gonna need you to fall back a little bit sis I don't think he's told her that though we see Sabrina in um she is speaking with Corey. Now, I'm trying to give Corey a clean slate this episode. I'm going to let the past be in the past, but they're talking, and she's just letting him know, like, yes, I'm very grown and sexy. And he's like, yeah, I could tell you were grown and sexy. Like, when I first saw you the other day, I could tell that there were some things I wanted to do with you. And Sabrina is already annoyed. She's just like, you know what, Corey? You don't have any game. <laughs> Straight up tells him, like, you don't have any game. Like, I need you to be sincere and have sincere conversations. And he's just like, well, that's just how I communicate. And, you know, that's just... And she's like, no, 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 no. If you want to get to know someone take the time to have meaningful conversations with them get to know them and then work up to a date you're just trying to take people out and basically try to fuck on them and I command Sabrina for being the one to kind of stand up to corny Corey and tell him listen you're coming off as insincere and you need to grow the fuck up basically Sabrina is a grown-ass woman like she said and she don't have time for these games she's She's just not into Corey. Corey leaves the conversation talking about he feels defeated and he doesn't know what to do. How about be genuine and just be a, just be a man about it? <laughs> like, stop with the smoozing and stuff. Like, if you're not here for the right reasons, that's going to turn off all the women and you have a snowball's chance in hell in actually developing a genuine connection. Or so I thought until this next segment. So we get to the next segment. Uh, we see Corey getting ready to meet in the park with a, for a date with Moomin. First of all, I'm going to say it every time Moomin comes on screen. Stunning. Okay, just stunning. Face card is valid. Moomin, I don't even know what you're doing on the show, Moomin. Like, you are just 
you are gorgeous, baby, top tier. But Corey says that um, the night of the mixer, Mumin got a flat tire after the happy hour. And he actually, you know, he took his shirt off <laughs> and changed Mumin's tire. Mumin was very touched by that. So Corey asked her for a date. And I'm just like, all right, we're, we're, we're already on the redemption arc for Corey. I see you, production. I see what you're doing. <laughs> so they are meeting for a park they're gonna hike a little bit and sit and talk in the woods that's not I guess it's a trail I assume it's a trail and that they're just not randomly in the woods because we're not doing that uh Corey says that he's excited for this date because his element he's in his element when he's on the first date <sighs> she he asked Mumin if her perception of him changed she said absolutely she said that you know he hit a love language of hers here we go with these damn love languages, which was acts of service. And he's like, yeah, you know, uh, acts of service. That's one of my love languages from the hours of like 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Corey, I'm, I'm trying with you, Corey. Stop. But Mumin definitely, there's an attraction there. And I see some chemistry there, surprisingly, between her and Corey. I was I was pleasantly surprised. Um, so she, she's really trying to get to open up to him and not write him off for just being a corny player like he was at that first mixer. They're sitting on this big ass log and he's like, okay, are you ready for me to get you down? And she's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, Corey hops behind her and straddles the log behind her like they're riding a horse. And Mumin's face is just like, boy, what the hell are you doing? And I'm just like, Corey, can you please? Please stop being a creep for two seconds. Stop being so goddamn corny and horny. <laughs> she was like, "What? I don't know what you were doing back there. Like, he's like, oh, I'm trying to pretend like we're riding a horse, you know? And I'm just like, Corey, like, slow your roll. Like, every time you take two steps forward, you take another one back. Please. But they end up laughing it off. Mumin is a better sport than me. I would have been like, no, take me home right now. Date's over. Like, you're just trying to feel up on my ass and put your put your junk on me? Like, sir, I feel a little poke coming through. He does actually ask her for a kiss. And then she's like, well, I don't really know. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to wait because I know you're going to go on dates with other men. And I don't, I don't want to be kissing you. After- Corey, please stop. Next, we get a group date with Camille, Walter, Cornelius, and Courtney. Courtney the Leo, <laughs> just like Megan the Stallion. I think I'm going to name her Courtney the Leo. Camille says that she set up this group date so she could see how touchy-feely Cornelius is with Courtney and that she can shut it down. Camille, again, you're giving us delusional. You're giving us stalker. You're giving us single black female. And I'm, I'm going to need you to put slow down, damn it. Like you and Cornelius may have hit it off, but this is a dating show. He's not only going to talk to you, baby. You can't lock him down immediately. Yeah. So she opens up the discussion. And it was nice to see Walter. You know, you guys, I think I'm kind of feeling Walter. I'm trying not to let the spirit of Joel taint my image of him. She opens up the conversation with asking everyone their thoughts on religion. Walter says he's not relig- religious, but he's very spiritual. Courtney, I'm sorry, Cornelius says that he believes it's a father, son, and the Holy Ghost. I'm willing to bet Cornelius is Methodist like myself. Camille is actually a preacher's kid, but um, she and Courtney both say that they've been raised in the church. I forget who asked this question. Oh, it was Camille. She asked next, you know, for everybody at the table, how important is sex in a relationship? And my ears just perked up because my girlfriend and I, we had a nice little girls night wine date and we literally talked about this 
last night. So I was like, wow, I wanted to text her like, girl, we were just talking about this. But Walter says it's very a lot. Sex is a lot important in a relationship. Uh, And Camille looks annoyed when he says that. She asks what they think about sex before marriage. And Courtney's like, yeah, like we're all grown. Like, I don't want to wait. You know, sex is very important because of the intimacy factor, but I don't want to wait until marriage because what if the sex is whack and now I'm stuck here with somebody in the sex? We're not vibing on the sexual communication front. Um, Camille says that she would be willing. Camille is being a pick me pioneer woman right now. And I'm going to tell y'all why she says that she'd be willing to go to counseling to wait um, because she can wait to have sex until after marriage. Uh, Walter and Courtney disagree. And Walter is at that age where he's just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Like, he's not knocking the fact that people want to wait. He's just like, I'm grown and that's just not going to work for me. So Camila's like, well, well, Walter and Courtney are freaks. I didn't know how freaky they were. And I'm just like, just because y'all had pet Walter pegged as this lonely widow and he's so sweet. That doesn't mean that the man doesn't want to get his freak on. He already told y'all he was a reformed thug. Y'all think Walter can bust it down? <laughs> I feel like Walter, who resembles Common, he'd probably be talking to you during sex, like in a in a nice low voice. <laughs> um, once again, Courtney re- reiterates that yeah, sex is very important to her. She's gonna get her freak on regardless, and it's an intimacy level. Now, why I said that Camille was being a pick me pioneer woman, I don't know if Camille knew that Courtney. I think he said it last week that he wants to wait to, he would like to try to wait to have sex until he's married I feel like Camille asked that question to not put the others down because she wouldn't have known how Walter or Courtney felt about it but I felt like she did that to kind of prop herself up and pander to Cornelius but the gag is Cornelius didn't even state that he wanted or at least we didn't see in this segment that he wanted to wait to have sex until marriage he was just like eh, you know it's whatever And I think Cornelius, Cornelius, I think Camille did that so that she could be like, well, you and I have that in common that we both want to wait. But Walter and Courtney overtook the conversation. I don't think Camille was trying to make Courtney look bad, but um, she definitely had a plan with asking that question. Either that or producers told her, look, Cornelius wants to wait. We want you to bring this up at the lunch. But I was just like, "Mm, Camille, I got my good eye on you because that kind of backfired. Um, but back to what my friend and I were discussing, I was telling her that people like to act like sex isn't important in a relationship. It's important. And I agree with Courtney. It relates to intimacy. If I don't have that intimacy level with you and we don't connect on the sex, that's a problem for me. And I say that as someone who is a celibate. Yes, I've still been celibate since the last time I reviewed this show. You guys should be so proud of me. I'm not going to tell you how long. Maybe if we make it to the end of the season and I'm still celibate, I'll tell y'all. But I agreed when Courtney was saying, I want to be able to be romantic and intimate with my man. And if I'm sitting with him and we're out to lunch, I want to be able to hold his hand. I want to be able to touch his leg, not rub his leg like earlier in this episode. But I want to be able to have that intimacy factor within a relationship outside of sex as well. So... Courtney's becoming one of my favorites. She's just very, you know, I'm a Sagittarius, so of course I get along with Leos, but she's just very blunt and direct. And Walter agrees with her, like, yeah, 
Sex is important. Camille, now you said you got more rings than Michael Jordan and that you're a black widow. Don't tell me you haven't been intimate with the people you've been engaged with. Were you trying to wait until marriage or what what was going on in those past engagements? Hmm. Got my good eye on you. Next, we get um, a date with Zadia and Tyrone. Now, at first, I was like, quiet-ass Tyrone with Zadia. I don't know how this is going to work, but they may have changed my mind. Zadia is asking him if he had, like, how does he feel about the connections that he's made? And um, Tyrone says that he's slowly but surely he's opening up to get to know people. Uh, He admires the fact that Zadia, I believe, is a personal trainer. And she starts talking about he says that he admires the fact that she, you know, takes the time to build up people. And she's like, yeah, I build people through physical physical exercise, but also emotionally and mentally. And I'm just like, red flag. Tyrone opens up about the fact that he has PTSD and he deals with anxiety. And Zadia is, it's like he told her that he has a golden dick. Like, she was just like, really? Oh, I love that you opened up about that. Like, I, I really like that. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And I'm just like flag on the play Zadia she doesn't just like the fact that he's opening up to her Zadia gives me fixer upper tease like she is the type of woman who thinks that she can fix not only men but everybody and I feel like it was reminding me of the resort season with Joy and Edwin if you guys remember Edwin who was the chef who I always said talked a lot and how he's very open I believe he was a former police officer and how he had PTSD and how he was seeking therapy and stuff and he would always feel like joy was a safe place for him i think this situation is mirroring that except that zadia zadia i don't know you're giving me fixer upper tease i i get the feeling that you would be into tyrone just so you can say that you fixed him i don't think that's a, a terrible thing i just think with empath vibes and you know with her career goals that that would be her main focus with him. So I want to see Zadia kind of mix and mingle with other people so that we can get her out of this fixer-upper thing that I think she's falling prey to. Next, we see Aisha and Carrington go out on a date. I'm like, wow, this is a random (laughs) coupling. I will say that I liked this episode that people were just jumping into other dates with other people and not just sticking to the people that they were initially attracted to at the first mixer like uh Camille and Cornelius like she has Cornelius clamped down that black widow got she's got him in his web her web but I was interested to see all these different types of people that I would not think would mesh well try it out on a date so um what do I have for Aisha and Carrington Aisha says that Carrington is very hard to read so she is here to ask him the tough questions all right Carrington says that he really likes Aisha because she has a certain polish. He admires a certain polish of a woman with her hair always being done, her nails always being done. He likes that. So Aisha asks him, you know, how does he feel about the age difference because she is 38 years old. Carrington is 33. And he says that he's always been attracted to older women and that she is actually the youngest woman that he has been out with. Carrington, that's a red flag for me, but I'm holding on to it. She, um ask him about his last relationship and he was like it was very hard for him to date because of his profession and um she asked him what he does and he's like you know promotion event planning like 
you know, stuff within the nightlife. So Aisha already has a red flag up because she feels like that industry of always being in the club, always being around women, she feels like that is very sex driven. That is exactly the vibe I got from Carrington on the casting special, like a club promoter vibe, like he's always in the club. I think he's a noob, so, you know, he is used to a certain type of attention around him. That's why I didn't think he'd make a good fit on this show, but Aisha is kind of agreeing with me. Um, She asked him if he's ever cheated in a relationship. Carrington says that he cannot say that he's cheated because he's never had a girlfriend. Carrington, uh, okay. So if you've never had a girlfriend, what were you just always having open relationships and then he literally says he says you can't cheat if you're not in a relationship so what 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 are we doing here Carrington are we just are we I don't understand are you just having casual sex with people but still having a main relationship with other people and not calling people your girlfriend I don't understand Carrington you give me fuck boy and I'm trying not to peg you as a fuck boy this early on Aisha says that that answer was a red flag for her. She really didn't get by what he was trying to say with that. And uh, she got her good eye on him. He decides to ask her some questions about her last relationship. And she just said, like, after her marriage fell apart, she had to rebuild herself again mentally and emotionally so that she got herself into therapy. And as far as her kids, she had to get them into therapy as well because she believes in therapy within the black family she starts to get emotional when she talks about her kids and wanting them to have a great emotional well-being and mental well-being this was great to see you know a single mom saying no I need to you know heal from that past trauma and I need to get therapy for myself and for my children okay she says that she's done the groundwork to be able to come on ready to love and I I admire that whenever women can talk about the healing that has taken place and the mistakes that they have made or what they've gone through it it takes a lot to acknowledge that happening in your life and acknowledge that you can't do it all and that you need help and some things need to be sorted out you know outside of yourself so that was cool I'm always going to give snaps for black people talking about dealing with anxiety and their mental well-being um as far as Carrington on the end of the date Aisha feels like he is not ready to settle down I agree I feel like Carrington is just here for a vibe I feel like he's making an effort to have these conversations on camera to get to know these women but I don't really I don't know I I think in the first episode last week he said he never thought about marriage but he's ready to see what the white picket fence would look like you either have to be all in or not just stick your toe in the pool for me like I don't really know why Carrington is here I, I hope we get rid of him by the end of the episode I will say we would be cutting off some dead weight because I don't see him gelling with a lot of the ladies here next we see a group date set up by the ladies we have Zadia Tasia, Shiloh Naeem and Dante Zadia is very interested to go on this date because she's feeling both Dante and Naeem and I'm just like Dante still ain't told nobody but them three kids with three different women, huh? (laughs) Not saying that he should be out of the journey because of that, but I mean, I get a feeling some women would feel a certain type of way have they found out. But anyway, they're all sitting together. They're meeting at a little bar, restaurant, sitting at the same table. 
And Shiloh is just like, it's, <laughs> this is the season of the B&B, the bald and the bearded. And to see it's just like, yeah, she likes a man with a black beard. She don't care if he's bald on the top or if he's got hair. She just needs that coarse black hair on his chin. And I'm just like, I, you got to be careful because, you know, the niggas out here be beard fishing and shit. Y'all be so quick to talk about women in makeup and wigs. And y'all be the main ones beard fishing. Because if, if you shave your face, will you still look the same? Hmm? Especially you, Naeem, talking about you don't want a woman that wears makeup and weaves. Okay. All right. So Shiloh leads the discussion. She's asking everyone what's their biggest turn on. Tasia says that she's turned on by smart men. Okay. She needs to be mentally stimulated. I'm the same way. Um, (laughs) My friend said something last night. She was like, yeah, you need a man who's going to be able to handle you. And I was like... What do you mean I need a nigga to handle me? And she was like, well, not handle you, but check you, like put you in your place. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. I'm not even going to argue with you. What do, I think we called it like, a, um, we said, <laughs> we don't want no bitch ass common niggas. <laughs> so Heather, if you're listening, <laughs> no bitch comma ass niggas, no bitch ass common niggas and no bitch ass nigga comma nigga ass niggas. But anyway, uh, yeah, to see I want a smart man that can mentally stimulate her. Shallow says that uh, her biggest turn on is being active. Her love language is physical touch, child. Y'all, y'all gonna get enough of talking about these damn love languages because obviously the love languages aren't working. But she says that she is a very sensual person, so she takes touch very importantly. You guys remember that Shallow is an intimacy coach, so she said that when she meets a man, she's gonna be able to level him up in the intimacy department shallow sound like a freak to me all right adina all right i see you sis uh dante says that he's very turned on by the way shallow is talking about the intimacy i was like because that's her job dante that's her job she's gonna make you believe that she can do all that stuff and i believe her too i do zadia asked the table where's the freakiest place you've ever had sex naeem said <laughs> <laughs> now you said the shower and I'm like no that's the danger that's the most dangerous y'all know how many people die from being in the sh- tub or the shower like that's a dangerous place y'all not about to catch me ass up in nobody's shower all that slippery and that ceramic uh-uh uh-uh I'm not trying to die <laughs> Naeem is like, now that I think about it, I probably won't have sex in the shower ever again because I'm not trying to get carried out by the ambulance butt naked. Y'all have fun with that. As much as I wash my hair, my body washes, and my exfoliating scrub, uh uh-uh. It's too many substances. That's too slippery for me. Uh, Zadia says that the freakiest place she's had sex is on a baseball field at the Pitcher's Mound. Well, she said the, the freakiest place she received, like, sexual pleasure, so... I guess she was, I don't need to say it, but y'all know, y'all know. Tasia, you know, it's your time to answer. And Tasia says, I don't really want to share my business with people. Like, she feels uncomfortable and she don't want her business out there. Tasia, you don't have to come out your shell a little bit. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to engage in this conversation, but you're going to have to loosen up a little. All right, laugh a little, damn. Um, Zadia just reflects that this was a great date with everybody because she's still feeling both Naeem and Dante, but that she tells the table she's ready to use this journey to find her person. She's ready to really connect with somebody and find her partner. All right, Zadia putting it out on the table and both Naeem and Dante do seem to be into her. 
Dante got my good eye on him because I don't know if he and Shiloh are going to pursue something or if he is going to hedge his bet with Zadia. Who do y'all think would be more open to the fact that he has three children with three different women? Zadia or Shiloh? I say neither. I say as soon as these women find out, he will be on the first thing smoking out of this experiment. So now it's time for the ladies to gather with Tommy for Tommy's tabernacle. <laughs> Tommy notes that one of the women is missing. We get a flashback scene of Aisha calling Lumin hysterically that she had just gotten into a car accident and that her car almost rolled into an embankment. Mumin lets everybody and Tommy know that Aisha is okay and that Phil was on his way to, you know, go get her and help her out. I'm just like, damn, where the hell was Phil? I did not remember seeing Phil at all this episode. Like, it's still a lot of people on here. And I, I just hope as time goes by that we get to see every single on this show. Because I was like, Phil, damn, I already got forgot about Philip. Philip? Lillian? <laughs> Tommy lets the women know that although this is their first time at the ladies lounge or at the tabernacle it is going to be a safe space for them to spill tea about the fellas he has one rule for them and that is to keep it real you know the women gonna do that I wonder what your rule is gonna be for the men mm -hmm, we'll see you next week he's going around and asking anyone who they feel sparks with okay camille says that she feels sparks for her black kin cornelius the black kin girl all right camille <laughs> there's so much i want to say about camille but you know I'm, I'm trying not to drag the woman so hard this early in the season so i'm gonna put a pin in it tosia says that she's feeling cornelius and camille's face is like eh? <laughs> Camille and these facial expressions. <laughs> she's hilarious. Carrie also says that she's feeling Cornelius. And I'm just like, what? She's like, yeah, they had a three to four hour phone conversation. And Camille is not happy about Carrie speaking to Cornelius on the telephone. Sabrina says that, of course, she has sparks with Walter, but that she also got sparks with Tyrone. And I'm like, good for you, Tyrone. Look at you getting up and out there. Zadia says that she really enjoyed her coffee date with Tyrone in that um, they made a very good connection. Carrie also says that she has a great connection or that she thought she had one with Tyrone, but he uh, was very cold to her on the telephone and says that he said he no longer felt a connection with her. I was like, okay, Tyrone, that's you being weird again. Tyrone, come on. Shiloh speaks up and says that Tyrone called her right after he said that to Carrie and said that he felt bad and that his overall way of thinking is that he only has the capacity for three women on this journey or throughout this experiment and that he didn't want to overwhelm himself. Uh, I agree with Tommy. Tommy's like, he needs to work, that Tyrone needs to work on a you know better form of communication because what he did to Carrie was not correct and that he should have told her that. Carrie agrees as well. She doesn't understand why he would not say that to her or why he would go and express that to Shiloh. Um, Carrie and Tommy agree that she and Tyrone need to have a conversation about that. So Tyrone, just when I was rooting for you for making an effort, you, you go ahead and you take two steps backwards. You can't give these niggas nothing. 
Um, Shiloh says that she's feeling Dante and that he has a tranquil energy. I'm just like, girl, just wait about that energy. Just wait. Zadia says that she's very much feeling Naeem the most. Mumin says that surprisingly, she has been very into Corey as of late. I'm like, ugh. All right, I guess we're going to give Corey a second chance. But Zadia says that she's not feeling Corey at all. Mumin had a little facial expression. It looked like she was mad that Zadia said that. Um, she says, Zadia says that whenever she's talking to Corey, he just makes zero sense. She doesn't know why he's here. She's definitely not feeling him. Sabrina hops on that same train and she's just like, <laughs> Corey has a ton of red flags and that she needs someone who is on or above her level. She's not here for Corey, period. That was my Kim K impersonation. Mumin says that uh, she's not feeling Carrington. Tasia jumps on that and she's like, Carrington feels like he's politicking or running for office. She doesn't really know why Carrington is here. Courtney then pipes up and says that she's known Carrington for five years. Uh, okay, that was hella random. And that, you know, he really is here to find love. I don't believe you. <laughs> In the words of Mike Tomlin, we do not care. Uh, <laughs> Sabrina says that uh, she's not feeling Carrington as well and that they were having a phone conversation and she asked him how he felt about her being 12 years older than him or something like that and that he kind of snapped on her and he said he's not going back and forth with her over the age difference like she either takes him or she leaves him and she's just like damn I just need to know if you know if we in this thing would you be able to wipe my ass when I when I get to age 68 that's all I was asking but Carrington kind of snapped on her so she's definitely not y'all know Sabrina Sabrina is very about her grown woman shit Carrington you cut Tommy was very shocked about that Carrington tea, but he tells the ladies, you know, now's the time for y'all to, you know, decide who the two men you want to send to the bottom and two of y'all need to go out and talk to them and chop one of them. So we are going to see the two men who will be in the bottom. I bet my top dollar that Carrington is going to be one of them. If I have to guesstimate before I watch the next segment, um, just because of the phone conversation, I will say it will be Tyrone, even though Tyrone, uh, we didn't, you know, he's been making an effort, but I think that really rubbed Carrie and the other ladies the wrong way, especially Shiloh. You did him no favors by saying, well, what he meant was he called me. Nah, 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 nah. I'm not for that. Tell me directly or don't tell me at all. So let's see who is in the bottom two. So we see Corny Corey, honey. He's so excited because he thinks that Tasia has called him for a date. <laughs> Tasia looks beautiful. She has on this very skin tight dress. Corey says that she needs to be tried for manslaughter. So um, he hugs her and his hand is laying very uncomfortably like right above her ass. And she's like, listen, sir, you need to watch them hands. He's like, what? I need permi permission to touch your ass? You know, physical love, physical touch is my love language. Corey, my God, you, why are you so horny? You need to just, just go to the restaurant and rub run out because you're doing too much. Basically, Tasia lets him know that the ladies have spoken. They, um, they think that he needs to be more intentional about his connections. They feel like he's very surface level. They feel like his conversations are general across the board, but that it's not going anywhere. But ultimately... They want to give him another chance, child. They're going to stick beside him. He just needs to 
work on being a better conversationalist. So, of course, Corey is very grateful to have the chance to still be here. But then he has to see, a, you know, does this mean I get a second date with you? And I'm just like, ugh. To see is like, you know what? You just did that so smooth. Yeah, you get a second date with me. To see, what are you doing, sis? Like, what? I see no spark there. Corey's just trying to touch on her and feel on her and probably hump her or bend her over in the restroom over a toilet. I'm just like, all right. Production obviously wants Corey to stay because they know he's dramatic. (laughs) They know he's going to bring the drama. They know he's messy. So when I saw Corey, I was like, he's not going home already. That would be too much like right Let's talk about who is going home. So we see Carrington. He's excited because he feels as though Camille has called him for a date. Ooh, Chile. <laughs> he says that he is uh, dressed fly. He's dressed down to his socks. He knows he's fly and he's ready for this date. Okay, Carrington. Camille, uh, she looks nice too. She has on this black dress that's very form-fitting. She gets up and does a spin. I'm just like, ooh, this is gonna hurt his ego because he really thinks he's stunning. <laughs> he really thinks he has a shot of getting some ass tonight. But um, Camille breaks it down that the women have a general consensus about him and he's just like, okay. Uh, red flag for the word consensus. She says that she personally feels and that the other women feel like he has a wall up. So immediately Carrington is like, oh, are we going back to what other people think? Yeah, Carrington, that's what a general consensus means, sir. Yes, yes. This is a dating show where people are going to give their opinions on you. Yes, sir. We're, we're going to give you the general consensus. He then asked Camille if this is a date or a therapy session. I'm like, God damn, why are you so defensive already it's because you knew your ass was getting the boot Carrington like I hate when we watch these shows um just like Crazy David last season when Liz was trying to have the conversation with him and he decided to self-eliminate you know air quotes because he knew he was getting the boot and Tommy said at the reunion y'all are not allowed to self-eliminate okay production decides who stays and who leaves you know, we take the input from men and women, but you know, you can't just pull up. I'm leaving. Like, that's not how it works. So Camille goes on to explain that a lot of the ladies feel that he's unauthentic, that he's calculated. And he's like, well, maybe some of them just can't carry a conversation. <sighs> you men in <and> your ego. <laughs> Pride cometh before the fall, I suppose. throughout some more talking and some more buzzwords Camille lets Carrington know even though he thought this was a date honey that uh the ladies feel that he is not ready to love and he's just like "Mm." okay he says that he's been ready to love but maybe he needs a different type of person other than what he's been presented with so he takes a swig of his drink and he leaves him in his dangly earring y'all I do not trust a man with a dangly earring okay I just don't I don't is the Deion Sanders vibes for me. Not saying that the earring makes you gay. I'm just saying the men nowadays with the dangly earrings, they're coming to wreck your uterus <laughs> and ruin your life. The quickest way to spot a fuckboy was with a dangly earring. But uh, Carrington gets eliminated and I cannot agree more. In fact, I would have been happy if it was a double elimination with Carrington and Corey Corny because I, I, I just don't feel like Corey is going to make any connections but Carrington you were upset because the ladies had your number okay they got you and 
you were on here clout chasing and politicking like to see said it feels like you were running for office but you know that that type of brand did not work out and I really think him snapping at Sabrina on the phone that was the final nail in the coffin for him and a lot of the ladies just weren't feeling him he brought you know zero personality so bye I just noticed that um, we didn't even see the kombucha man, Frank, with the beard. Like, it's so many people on the show and we're not seeing them. But hopefully we will see him next week. He's going to go on a date with Aisha. But that's all I have for this week's episode. I thought it was a decent episode. I was surprised that Carrington went home so early. But I thought the ladies and Tommy and production, you know, I thought they made a a good choice. Carrington was just going to mill around and force connections. So better to get rid of him now than later uh i have no predictions on the ladies that are going home probably carrie carrie would probably be my front runner guest or um who else Mm, i don't know i feel like carrie or either camille are going to be in the bottom too because camille seems to become a little too possessive or cornelius um in next week's preview so thank you guys for listening i can be reached at k-d-a-s-h-d-i-o-r on instagram and the twitter talk to me about the show you guys um also insecure premieres tomorrow so i know ashley is going to go and do a review on the season premiere i don't know when it will be up but just keep your notifications locked in for that and thank you guys so much for listening i will see you guys next week for the next episode of ready to love thank you Bye.